What's going on, Fly fans? Thanks for joining us for another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm Angry Jim, here with only Jack tonight. Kyle Jr. isn't feeling well, so Kyle's uh, sitting this one out. So, Jack, just me and you, buddy. Uh, hmm. I think you had a prediction last week. How'd that go? Well, uh, it's one of those situations where I'm not exactly the happiest to have been right. But after talking to Dan Silver, we all gave our predictions. I thought they go one, one, and one, and that's exactly what they did. Um, <laughs> and how did you how did you know that? Can you see into the future? I just feel like I just know the core of this team and the uh, lack of effort that they give some, on some certain nights against some teams. Uh, but I can't say I give into the future. I see into the future because I did not. I just didn't think they'd come out that flat against Pittsburgh. Like it was. It was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing. And I'm, against that team to have no give, and especially when they're, I think I saw a stat. They were like, they had like 14 and four in the last, in Pittsburgh, against Pittsburgh. It's a great record. And then they get blown, the doors get blown off. It was, it was embarrassing. And I never, th- I thought they might like lose that game. Not like that. Not at all like that. So I think this team is about, mediocre 500 right now and one one and one is pretty much mediocre <laughs> yeah i mean they they sit at currently they're six five and two you know, well let's break that down real quick yeah. six five and two those two are losses so technically they're six and seven yep yeah so i mean you know i mean yeah you get, you get they get two extra points which does equate to another win but when it comes to winning and losing they have more losses than they do wins whether it be a shootout overtime or what yeah, and uh, that was the case. Uh, believe it or not, that is actually the case. The last four years, they don't have more wins than they do losses. That's combined uh, overtime shootout and regulation losses. Um, you know, if, if you if you wanted to count the overtime losses as regular losses in fifteen sixteen, they'd have been five hundred. In sixteen seventeen, they'd have been thirty nine and forty three. Uh, I'm sorry. So in 17-18, they finished 42-16 and 42-26 and 14. So they would have been two games over 500. Uh, and in 18-19, they were 37-37 and 8. So, you know, 37 and 45. Yeah, Jack, that's kind of how I've looked at it as well. Uh, you know, I, I would assume that my followers on Twitter at least would say that's a negative outlook. But, you know, it's the truth. You know, you have more... Uh, total losses and you do wins. Um, so I, I think that's a good point to bring up. So, I mean, they have six wins on the year, seven total losses, uh, completely embarrassed. And that's the only note that I took that I put down for the Penguins game uh, hmm. was just embarrassing because they were down 4 nothing, I believe, uh, within 15 minutes of that game. And, you know, they went down 2 nothing early. Uh, maybe even three nothing early, and it was kind of like, okay, well, if they don't allow any more, they get one goal before the period's done. You know, it's a mountain, but you know it can be done. And you know, as I'm thinking this, they go ahead and give up the fourth, and it's like, all right, well, what kind of game is this going to be now? Are they going to, you know, back to the old school Flyers Pens where everybody starts dropping gloves, or is it going to be a ten nothing game? And turned out to be seven to one. You know, they even brought in Carter Hart in that third period to try to. You know, get them some time and try to go out there and win a period, guys. And they couldn't even do that. I think they got scored on with uh, as time was running off the clock. So they couldn't even keep a clean period in that game. And, 
yeah, it was just flat out embarrassing, especially after coming off the 5-3, uh, you know, 5-3, it was more, it seemed worse than 5-3, but they got their asses whooped against the Islanders. So two straight beatdowns by two division opponents on the road, uh, setting themselves up for a weekend back-to-back, uh, starting with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I mean, that Penguins game, I just, I just fundamentally can't understand how you can't get up to play that game. Like, this is your hated rivals. They've pretty much had your number for however long. They're the ones with the cups. You know, say what you will about, oh, they got Crosby knocking and all that. Yeah, that's that's it sucks. We know the league full, totally has their back. But you've beaten this team before. You've been there. You've had their number for quite a while. So at the very least, you get up for this game. If there's any game you're ready to play, it's this one. And they come out like that. It's so fucking embarrassing. Like, if you lose 7-1 to a team, it sucks. It's going to hurt no matter who it is. When you lose 7-1, you're rivals. You're hated rivals. It's like, come on, man. Even, like, the league has been criticizing Pittsburgh for some of the moves they've made lately because they're just trying to hang on. Like, Jack Johnson's one of the worst guys. He fucking scored against us. Like, jeez, just saw <laughs> on the wound. Like, they didn't have Malkin. He was out. You know, it's like... It makes me I, – when they do shit like that, it makes me literally hate them. I hate them. I had trouble sleeping that night. I was so mad at them. <laughs> and I, I used to pin everything on Hackstall. You know, I speak. He couldn't – he's not getting this team up. And this is the first year that I'm just like really starting to question the drive of the court. And it does include Drew. I'm not trading Drew. I'm not taking the C off him. I'm not doing anything like that. He's still – he should be a Hall of Fame player. He's, he would be stupid to get rid of him. But you have to think, like, why can't this team get up for big games? When the playoffs roll around, are they even going to be able to get up for it? This core has not been out of the first round. I mean, they had Yager and Briere still when they beat Pittsburgh back in 2012. And since then, you know, when Yager left, Briere went and then retired and Pronger and all that nonsense, they have not – they have three losses all to divisional teams. The closest they came was the Rangers. They took them to Game 7, and the Rangers went to the Cup. So that was a good Rangers team. That was a good series. They just came out on the short end of the stick. But since then, Washington completely embarrassed them, and Pittsburgh completely embarrassed them, and anything else in between, they straight up missed the playoffs. So, like, it's concerning that this core, they just don't have the – how do you – I just it, how do you not get up for big games? Like, it's a simple question. Like, how do you not get up for big games? And it, it's – Embarrassing is no longer the word. Yes, I'm embarrassed, but I'm also I'm angry. I'm like I'm a puzzled angry. I don't get how they can't do it, but I'm also like fuck you for not being able to do it. Like come <laughs> on. I love like, it, if Jack. The Eagles, I love Cowboys, it. both teams get up. They one team may be less talented, but they try. They're hitting. They're doing what they got to do. Like did Chris Stewart even try to fight in that game? Was the Penguins just that? discipline that they didn't go for it or something like i just i saw nothing mm-hmm. you know it's like they have a they a period where they don't give up any goals within the 10 minutes and you're like wow this is a great period no they just didn't get scored on you know it was just it was ugh, that game was just trash so let me ask you something here because you you brought up claude Giroux, and you know for for the people listening out there uh you know and and, and all the twitter um twitter guys out there Jack, you're saying that it is possible to criticize Claude Giroux without saying that you should strip the C from him and then trade him. 
I think it's possible to criticize any player as long as you don't go too far. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. If anybody on this team was perfect, we'd have a playoff victory within this this time frame as Drew is captain, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, from 2013 to now, we'd have won a round. So if somebody criticizes any of the players on that team, even the captain, even the precious Claude Giroux, and you're, he's not perfect. It's as simple as that. They're just being stupid. A lot of people like to label you immediately, like the second you say something that they don't agree with or don't like, or you, God forbid, you touch their their precious. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But reality is, there's a fundamental issue with the core of this team. They can't get over that hump, and the hump isn't even that serious of a hump. While the Washingtons and the Pittsburghs and the Bostons slug it out for titles every year, we're like, we just want to be invited to the dance. You know, and then we get there, we're one of the first to leave. Like, it's stupid. Like, you're telling me that we can't criticize any of those players when our history of success has probably been the worst it's ever been since, like, a little period in the early, late 80s, early 90s. Like, throughout the Flyers' entire history, besides the first years in the league and a, a couple of periods here and there in the early 90s, maybe some in the very mid, until they've been a good team. Play, making the playoffs was it was, I don't want to say a given, it was definitely expected, but they also always usually made the playoffs and won rounds. Like they were always contenders. I know the the structure was different, but even when we had our worst season, we came back the next year and went to the Eastern conference finals. I think it was 06, 07. We absolute shit. 07, 08 Eastern conference finals. Two years after that, Stanley cup finals. And we still teetered around. We, even when we got swept by Boston, it was in the second round, which means we made the playoffs and beat Buffalo in the first round. You know, and then we beat the uh, the Penguins in the first round, who were heavy favorites against us. Heavy favorites. We beat them in five games. Ever since then, they've been a joke. They've had some strong seasons. Didn't came up short in the the playoffs, but other than, after that. Missing playoffs, getting embarrassed. Like, I say the word embarrassed way too much. And it, I don't know. I'm, we're getting, we're going really f- too far into this. But it, yeah, point is, I don't understand how you can't criticize a player like that with the results you've seen over the better part of a decade. How could you not criticize that? How could he be perfect and untouchable from the critique, from the critique side? Makes absolutely no sense. Everybody should look at themselves, and everybody should be under a microscope at that point. So I don't know where people get off. I think that's just the toxicity of Twitter. But yeah, Drew deserves He's great, but he's not perfect either. He's the captain. So when the team comes out in big games and gives you such a dud like that, who are you supposed to look at? The coach? He's new. He's calling players out, as we'll talk about later. But what's the captain doing? Where's, where's the Drew that hits a guy, hits Crosby, and then shoots and scores? Where's that guy? Hmm, what the fuck's Voracek doing instead of compiling points? And where's what? Maybe he'll throw in on his hat in on D or something like that, which we all know he doesn't do. What net? I just want Ghost to hit the net when he shoots. Like I'll take that from him. So I don't understand why these guys are in, invulnerable to crit- criticism when the team fucking sucks and has for the last eight years. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm gonna move on here while still talking about the same thing. So, um, you know, the Flyers had another game Friday against the New Jersey Devils, who are, you know, a divisional opponent. 
uh, a division opponent that the Flyers, you know, they, <laughs> seems like forever ago now, but a couple weeks ago they, they came out at home. It was their first home game. They shut them out 4 nothing. Do you remember how excited we were? It was like, oh, my God, the Flyers might go undefeated this year, and then they're never going to get scored on again, blah, blah, blah. You know, we were all excited. Um, well, New Jersey's 2-5-4. and four. <laughs> Well, that's part of it, Jimmy. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I think the Devils, Devils aren't as good as we thought they would be. So no. that win wasn't as monumental. Yeah, it's a division game. But a lot of the Devils fans were saying that they pretty much think Mackenzie Blackwood's better than Carter Hart, which just isn't true. No. Um, so when we come out and blank them, I mean, I think Snyder started that game. But the point was that they had their goalie, or they had their goalie tandem. They added Supan. They added Simmons. They got Jack Hughes. They're going to take off to the stratosphere. And the fact that we shut them out like that, yeah. But now you see, and this goes with the win we had, what was that, Friday? Yep. Devils aren't that good at all. I mean, they blew a lot of leads, but I saw people on Twitter say things like, we laid the smackdown on the Devils. You know, we scored with like six minutes left just to get it to overtime to have an opportunity to beat them. And even then it went to a shootout. I don't know what kind of smackdown that is, no. but we snuck by the Devils. A smackdown's for nothing. That's a yeah, smackdown that for was, me. That was a smackdown. Friday's game, and at this point, you'll take the win because the performances against the Islanders and the and Penguins were both embarrassing. Yep. So you'll take the W. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to ask me how I feel about, it, I'm not worried. It's still early. Let's get that. Let's get that straight. It is still early. There's no reason to panic. We know how this team is. They usually get themselves into a hole and they go on their run. So what I'm hoping for is they just stay in that mediocre range. So when they go on the run, they're not climbing out of a hole. That's a good point. And November doesn't really treat them very kindly, so I'm really curious to see how this goes. So I'll be honest, I actually like the Toronto game effort-wise better than I did the Devils, simply because they're so they should be so much better than the Devils. I mean, there's players and plays I like better in that game, obviously, but Toronto's should be a Stanley Cup contender for sure. I mean, Boston's looking ridiculous right now, so I don't know if they're going to get by them, but they got they got some players on that team. Like I'm jealous of that team. They got a better like, right now. Hart's not there yet, but they got a better goaltender. Frederick Anderson's pretty damn good. They finally got some players on defense. They're having some issues, but what team doesn't? They got. I don't think Devar did. Devaris play or did he come back? And he was, he was supposed uh, to come back. He didn't end up playing on Saturday. Didn't end up playing. So I remember hearing he was, but I don't remember seeing him. You still got you still got Mitch Marner. Now remember that whole offseason thing? Like he should be pretty good, right? Nylander, Austin Matthews. They have other names as well, you know. So did you know? Take the, they could have won that game. That was a, it was tough. And you got Elliot Net, and then I don't know how they didn't beat him in a shootout. Elliot shouldn't have lasted as long as he did, but that's the Flyers for you. One of the still somehow still bad at shootouts. Just by the law of averages, you think they win more eventually, but they just look so bad. And I, I'm one of those guys. I see like players come in. And they don't—they barely stick handle shooting. What do you know? They don't even score. Oh well, they're looking for something. Yeah, okay. Well, goalies make saves. So if I see something and I shoot for it, the goalie's probably gonna try to stop it and cover up whatever I think I see. So why not a little deception? Why not some movement? I mean, Drew might not always score on his shootouts, but at least he fucking tries. So I, I don't know what JVRs was probably one of the ones I hated the most. He goes to his backhand and Colby. Covington or Cohen, whatever the hell his name is, is trying to say that if it was lifted higher, yeah, well, what if goes for a lot of those shots? I don't want to hear that shit. He's the one guy I want coming down and trying to snipe it. It's JVR. He's a goal scorer. 
That's his thing. But everybody else, like, why aren't they stick handling more? Why aren't they trying some shit out? Ghost, like, I had to explain to my wife that he, like, he came in. He went all the way to the left. He went all the way to the right. And he came right back dead center, stick handle maybe once or twice, and he just took a shot. She's like, yeah, well, he, he you know, he kind of, like, did that. I'm like, he was an hour and a half away from the net. That was nothing. I don't know why he even bothered doing that. Yeah. It was stupid. I don't even it's remember like, if the goalie moved or not. Yeah, he was, he was too far away. He's like, oh, God, I'm covered. I'll just wait him out. Mm-hmm. It was just their their shootout. I mean, the Devils. I didn't like either of Jake's attempts at Jake's attempts in either game. And I was told by a certain somebody that his percentage is pretty high. Well, my eye test tells me that was back when he was good. That he you know had a pretty good percentage. He doesn't in his... even make a move anymore. He just skates in and shoots. But he thinks he saw something, Jimmy. I mean, why would the goalie cover up anything? He you know, if you get the goalie moving and you still got that open spot. Now it's tougher for the goalie to cover that spot because he may be moving left when the spot's right. That's what players do to us. I and can guarantee you these goalies are, you know, they're leaving a spot out for you because they want you to shoot for that spot. You know they what know I mean? what their strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. So if my strength is my glove, maybe I'm going to leave a little room where my glove is knowing I could glove the shit out of you. And that's, I mean, uh, Frederick Anderson did a lot of that. You saw him, it didn't even look like Dude, he was a much effort. Man. I saw somebody. I don't know who it was. He shot it directly into the glove. He didn't have to move it. They, he just did the wrist thing because that's what goalies do. Meanwhile, Elliot's doing whatever he can to stand on his head. And, you know, it's just, it's a shame because they should have got two points out of that game. I'm okay with one. I mean, they got I'm, three – they got three out of four points on a back-to-back. I mean, uh, you know, the two points yeah, were from New Jersey, which you'd expect them to get. But I, I agree with you, though. It, that's what I mean. You can't be upset with the results – but we, if you're serious about doing anything this season in the playoffs, making the playoffs, then you look at those two games and you're like, I don't see how we're up there with the the Bostons and the, you know, and the Capitals and the heavyweights. It you want four points? That's what I mean. I just didn't see the skill. I just didn't see the offensive juggernaut. They're still having lapses on defense. Sandheim must have – I don't know if McDonald, you know, because he knew he was leaving the team, cursed a player to always have his essence and chose Sandheim. But he's falling a lot, and he's leading directly to goals. And it's like you can't have these kind of monumental mistakes because when that shit happens in the playoffs, you're not getting out of that hole. These teams are legit teams. This is not like the New Jersey Devils where you're going to come back and find a way – or Ottawa Senators where you're, oh, well, we'll, we'll get them. You're not doing that against the great teams. You do that to Boston, you're cooked. You do that to Washington, good luck, man. And they're going to make you pay every time because they have real superstars. You know, you, you brought up Washington, and I meant to bring this up in the beginning of the show. Uh, you know, really quietly, and maybe it's quietly because nobody's really counting them to contend for the division. The Flyers are 11 points back already. 11 what, points uh, out, top spot? out of first place, yeah. Have we we have played like what two or three less games? Uh, so I'm looking here, 14, 16. Uh, Flyers have three less games. So even if they win, if even if they were to win all three and the Caps didn't play, they'd be five points back. Yeah, I mean it's it's early. You hope they just stay above that 500, maybe a game over. Uh, collect any kind of games that they do look like they're going to lose. Maybe try to get it to overtime, get a point, maybe steal a game. They can get out of November with 
a 500 record, if not a little bit better, that's when they tend to go on a little bit of a run. Um, maybe more so January, February, but I've seen they've done it earlier as well. This time last year, they were five and seven, and then they went on like a 10 game losing streak. <laughs> so we can't have that, you know. Dude, if uh, there's a 10 game losing streak, you can you can bet that guys are going to be out. I, yeah, you, you know it. These guys don't play. You know, the one thing I'll say about Fletcher and Vigneault, it sounds like they're not waiting for the team to be that far behind in the standings before they do something, which is good because – That's how it should this, be, man. Yeah, well, that's that's how it was before. They were just get complacent, and they're like, yeah, we can lose 10 games. We'll figure it out. Uh, you know, you only play so many games. No, 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 we'll be fine. And that's why their record is 50-50. And I, I think that's I think that's a lot of the issue with maybe some of the the veteran guys is, you know, the the drive to succeed hasn't really been there for four years, at least. You know, I mean, when Barubi was here, I think the team was still trying to win. Uh, I can't remember the rosters exactly, but you know, within the past four years, you know, the the Hextall rarely added like actually added talent to the Flyers roster. And if you're Giroux, Voracek, Ghost, uh, who else has been here for a while? JVR was just, he was actually one of the bigger names that were just added to the roster. But if you're one of those three guys and, you know, you're turning around, you're playing with guys like Dale Weiss and Yuri Laterra night in and night out for three, four years, you know that you're not expected to win games. So if you don't make the playoffs... It's not your fault, you know. You can. That's look a really at- good point you bring up because, and you you say Latere, and it's you know you're trying to win, and I get it, I get it, and the player probably gets it from a franchise perspective. But when like you want to win, and you you're like, hey, Braden Shen, that was a pretty good player. I like playing with him. Oh wow, we traded him. What do we get? Futures. Like we got nothing for the now. It's kind of like, and who do we sign? Dale Weiss. Who's he again? Right. What role? Fourth line? Hmm. Like the message That's, is being sent to you that, you know, we're not going for the cup this year. You know, so was, go get your yeah. points. Go be selfish. And, you know, if you guys lose, it's okay. You'll be here next year making your money. Blah, blah, blah. And you also, can see it's still translated. Yeah, and you've had issues on defense. I can't under, I can't imagine that, you know, they may have thought Andrew McDonald was a great guy. But you have to be like, yeah, hey, hell again. Anybody keeping count? Like, I wish McDonald would be giving the charity every time he fell instead of Hartnell because it'd be pretty neck and neck, and the charity would be rich. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But the other thing is like, goaltend. Yeah, Carter Hart. Yeah, he's coming. Great. Did nothing in the in the meantime. Like, Ben Bishop was a free agent at one point. He's been with Dallas now for like three years. So you could have theoretically signed him to a five six year deal and had him in Hart. Yeah. yeah, if you wanted to put your money in there, if you cared about previous seasons, I don't know how the contracts exactly work out. There's moves that could have been made, you know, and instead, it's all panic moves. It's like, oh, Mason's not working out. Neuvertz gets hurt. Who's the top free agent available? Brian Elliott. Okay, he's never even really been a starter. He's always been the like him and somebody else in St. Louis. He finally has done a St. Louis. Has a horrible season in Calgary, and we signed him. You know, it's just and before that. It was Mason who we got in a trade after we lost. We traded Bobrovsky because we thought uh, what's his name was the big deal because we had nothing in the pipeline. Brzezolov, 
So, all right, Mason's working out. Let's get a backup. We got Neuverth. It's like they were good for like – I don't know if they were good together. I remember Mason's first year, his first full season was his only like really good year, and it was all downhill after that. Neuverth showed a little bit, but it couldn't stay healthy. The only – now you bring it up, what acquisitions that Hextall made, it was to fill holes. He's traded for Peter Morazic when, when uh, Elliot was, had the core muscle surgery and what have you. Like that's the that's all I can think of is just filling holes because he had to because he had nothing else. Yeah. So if you're like that team where your your goaltending hasn't been fixed, you don't have that stud defenseman. Your your young guys who are making an impact make one mistake, they're in the press box. Meanwhile, McDonald is out there doing his thing, making a decent chunk of change, falling falling into your goalie, making boneheaded mistakes. And meanwhile, your GM's message is we're not ready to win yet. So then last year is the first year that he says they are ready to win. The only thing he does is sign JVR, which was a sign towards winning, but he doesn't call up Carter Hart. He wasn't going to if it was he was still with the team. You know, you're seeing guys like Mike McKenna and Jesus, whoever the hell else they churn through instead of calling up Carter Hart, because that's what Exel would have done. Like you're seeing these journeyman goaltenders, but you're gonna compete for a playoff spot and and the and the cup, it's like such a distant dream how could you get yourself up to play right and i, and I what i think happened is I, maybe mentally um and, and you know whatever habits whatever habits you form mentally end up translating physically is you know maybe these guys just got relaxed and as as they're getting re, as they're you know um re, i say relaxed it's a better way to say lazy uh, as they become lazy, they're getting older, and and they're not young anymore. These guys are 30, 31, 29. Um, in sports years, you know, that's getting old. And, you know, AV comes in with the new system, and it's no coincidence, at least I don't think, that these are the guys that are taking a little bit longer to adjust. Uh, what I also appreciate from Elaine Vigneault is, Yes, these guys are the star players, uh, Gossis, Bear, Vor. I mean, I'll focus on more on Voracek and Giroux since uh, I haven't seen Ghost's name mentioned, so I'll leave him out of that. Um, you know, yes, these guys are the best players on the team, and Elaine Vigneault, even if they are playing okay, he's not accepting okay, and he's trying to break habits, I, I'm assuming, with these guys. He's trying to get them out of this... These, la- these lazy habits, these lazy ways of playing the game. I mean, you can hear Giroux says it after every single game. <laughs> and and it, that, to me, tells me that it's being drilled into their heads that they have to start playing the game the right way. Everyone needs to play the game the right way. And, it's be- and you know, if, if Giroux is saying it, it's coming from somewhere, okay? Um, so that, that tells me that Elaine Vigneault is he's in these guys ears you know he's trying to change their mindset he's trying that's what you have to change first and then you know the game will the everything else will translate once you change the mind the physical stuff will follow um maybe with some of these guys it's a little bit more difficult you're getting some pushback or could be that guys are just not capable of playing the way Vigneault wants them to play uh you know and, and maybe a guy that comes to mind is Voracek I don't know uh, I said before the show I was going to try to not rag on him as much because he is, believe it or not, tied for second on the team in points with Oscar Lindblom. Um, you know, and he's only playing 16 minutes a night. So maybe he's starting to produce in those minutes. I think what Vigneault wants is more consistency, a more consistent effort throughout the game 
And so he's shortening up his ice time, thinking, okay, short bursts of, Vert- of Voracek are better than, you know, a burst here and a burst there over more time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what he's trying to do and then slowly he's going to build his ice time up once he gets more consistent. Um, you know, whether that happens remains to be seen. Um, yeah, because I think if I go back and look, a majority of Warcheck's points have come in three or four games. And I believe without going back and looking, most of them have come in losing efforts. Uh, to Toronto, uh, I want to say Edmonton and one more game there. So without, you know, I mean, and it's what we've been talking about with Voracek, he'll score empty points, you know, but it is something to point out that he is tied for second on the team in points with uh, Lindblom, who, you know, since we mentioned him real quick, Lindblom still, dude, he's in for a career year, seven goals already. In the New Jersey game, he had a goal and an assist. Uh, he scored his seventh goal of the year in that game, and he assisted on Couturier's third. Uh, and while we're talking about the New Jersey game, Joel Farabee scored his, his hundredth goal. First, hundredth that, goal. first, first that counted. <laughs> his first real goal for a guy who leads the league in fake goals. He's got a first real one, and it was a beauty too. I really liked it. Uh, simply because of how the play broke down, a little bit of luck, but it was a good shot and sent him in overtime. Pretty much. You know, got him to overtime, and they ended up getting two points, which was great. But to jump back on Voracek real quick, mm-hmm. I keep hearing, well, how are you going to replace those points with Voracek? If the guy makes eight and a quarter million, I don't think it'd be that difficult if you allocated that money correctly. I want to. I, I don't really care about points that much. I care about winning. I want a guy who does who does it all, who doesn't just say, well, I'm an offensive guy, and he just somehow, like you said, like he had three points in that Edmonton game. He had one goal on the power play early when the game was still within reach. And to be honest, it was a really nice pass. He had all day to bury that if he was just smart about it, which he was. And the other two points came when they were down like five to one, six to one. So yay. You know, like it's not as much as an embarrassment, but they all count as points. So when you don't watch the games and you look at the stat sheet after the game or after the year, you you think Vorchek's better than he is. Now, maybe you're onto something here with Vigneault. I mean, I like how Vigneault's handling things. He's not letting things fester for a while. He's an issue, and he's, he's on top of it. But, like, I I, don't, I feel like that mentality that some of the score have is there's always next year. We're still rebuilding. And eventually you're going to have to break out of that to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't honestly look at these first, what, 11, 12, 13 games they've played and think this team has any fucking chance at the Stanley Cup. There's no fucking way. And it's early. They could turn. They could turn the corner. I guess that JVR Drew Voracek line that really only scores against bad teams. Uh, you know, they could turn it around, and Carter Hart could turn it into Dominic Hasek. That's a lot of what ifs, and it's also contingent on Limblom and TK doing what they do, and the defense pulling it together. While people, I don't think people should be hard on Provorov, but I, I think he's been good. But I also think he can be better. For where he was drafted and what his expectations were, I hope he gets better. I hope this isn't it. He's one of the better defensemen in all zones. He's probably the best defenseman in all zones this year. But we need more than that. And you look at other teams in the league, and if your ultimate goal is to win the cup, you can't look at this team from what we see now, and that's all we can go by is what we see now, and think, oh, yeah, they'll be cup contenders. We're right where we have always been, hoping we make the playoffs, 
hoping we win a round. And like, how how stupid is that? Like, shouldn't we be like hoping for a little bit more than that? I mean, maybe we're are we thinking baby steps? How many years do we have to wait until that happens? If this team came out was playing good hockey all around, different story. So the only pass I'll give them is is his new system. But I don't like when they get asked about last year and we don't talk about last year. But you're playing exactly like you were last year. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's not the end of the world because it's so early in the season. But I see a lot of the shit I saw last year. And yeah, I'm obviously I'm going to be nervous about that because the team hasn't done anything relevant in almost a decade. So you, you have a nervous sense right now. I you can't help it. You anybody who doesn't is kidding themselves. Anybody who doesn't is a constant positive person who <laughs> says they laid a smackdown on the Devils like <laughs> barely snuck by them. Like come on, in their last place team. Okay, it's a rival. We, it's good for us. It's a rival. What the hell does that matter? How about the other rival, that, the other two rivals that spanked us? Absolutely spanked us. Guys who actually make the playoffs. Guys who've one team has actually won the cup. Another team who lost their best player, but yet somehow still manages to go to the playoffs, and now they're well on their way. They are off to a hell of a start. And they have a brand new goalie. Like, why can't this team, with all the talent they have, put it together and give us that 60-minute effort because I think we could agree in every single game we've seen so far, except for maybe one, maybe the Vegas game where they played a third-string goalie, I haven't yet to see the 60-minute effort. And other teams do it all the time. It's a lot to ask of this team. And, and What's scary is it doesn't get any easier for them coming up on this stretch here. I mean, we, we touched on uh, Toronto a little bit there. We touched on New Jersey. Uh, you know, Toronto is supposed to be a, a good team this year. They're, I think they were missing Tavares. They, somebody else was beat up. I, I want to say Muzzin. So they weren't 100%. Um, and neither are the Flyers right now. If you, if you guys have seen the injury reports, I mean, we know they're missing Patrick. We know they're missing Law. And uh, Couturier supposedly has something going on with his shoulder, uh, something that he can play through, but it is affecting him, at least on faceoffs. Uh, they have... Carolina coming up tomorrow, who's currently third in the division. They made some noise in the playoffs last year. A well-coached team, a very solid team, uh, you know, top to bottom. Uh, if you know, It remains to be seen if their goaltending can make it the entire year. Um, but, you know, it's a test for tomorrow, a divisional test, and it's a home game. So, Jack, I'm going to ask you, are you, expecting them, are you expecting them to win tomorrow? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I mean, I want, I'm just, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to be like, oh, I think they'll be great. No, I just, honest, honest gut feeling. I think they lose like five to three. You Do know, you think I don't it's think it's a game that they should win. No. <laughs> I think Carolina is better than, at least on paper, than they were last year. Gold, if they, if they were to like make a trade for a really good goaltender, I'd be like, they're serious. They have one of the best defensive cores I've seen. Yeah, they traded Falk, but they signed Jake Gardner. They got young guys they could call up, and like Hayden Flurry, and uh, there's another guy that played with. I think he played with, with Sandheim. I can't remember. Oh, Jake Bean. You know, those are the guys haven't even made it up yet. On top of the guys they have now already, like Pesci and Dougie Hamilton and all that. Then they have a bona fide superstar in Sebastian Ajo. The Eric Hollow was a pickup they had. I think he leads the team in goals. You know, they signed. Uh, I can't remember who was the guy from uh, 
Ottawa last year. He went to Columbus with Duchesne. Uh, Zingle. They signed Zingle. That's a nice young depth signing. You know, Brendan Moore's coaching tends to season to be working. They're getting around having pretty bad goaltending, and they still have a good record. And I don't see them falling off. If anything, I think they all add to their team and get better. And it's funny, it's because I don't think their GM's all that good. I think he's made bad trades. Can you imagine this team? That team still had Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Like shit. Although I did like the Nito Niederreiter trade. Victor Rass for Niederreiter was good for the. That was good for Carolina. They oh, got yeah. rid of DeHaan. I forget who they got for him. I mean, he could probably, whoever it was, was probably a solid player. Uh, uh, like, I think it was Gustav Forslang. So, I, I mean, with Carolina's depth on defense, I think he's a depth D guy. I'm not sure how many games he's getting in, but it was a solid move by them because it cleared some cap. Uh, I th- I think DeHaan was making like 4 or $5 million a year, and they ended up going out and getting uh, – I want to say Jake Gardner from Yeah, that's who they signed. He waited. It was like in August he signed. Yeah. But look at look at how they were last year, what they did. You know, they were in the uh Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. Yeah. You know, and and uh that was with bad goaltending. Uh so they lost like McElhaney, I think, was their backup. And who else they who else did they lose? They lost um well they traded Falk. Uh, I'm sure they lost one other player, but they added Gardner. They added Dezingle. Um, they added some other players. They got Halla. They added Halla. Like, they've added more than they lost, in my opinion. They shed some salary cap, like you said. They have they have – the defensive depth is ridiculous, it's, which means if push came to shove, you know, trade the line, they could make a move and probably get whatever they need, which should be goaltending. They, they have the pieces. They have the depth to do it, and they – they got a bona fide superstar, and they got he still got um, what the hell's his name? Uh, Jeff is it Jeff, not Jeff Stahl? Jared Stahl? No, what the hell's his name? Uh, Jordan Stahl. Jordan Stahl. I, I haven't I haven't talked about him in so long. <laughs> I forgot who he was. He might not put up the offensive numbers that he used to. I really haven't checked, but he still got it defensively. Uh, and they just they have all the and they're probably going to sign Justin Williams is probably going to come back to them at some point later in the season when the numbers work out and he's will be more healthy and all that. So I'm just saying this team legitimately could make some noise. I don't think they will. I don't think they're with Boston yet, but they are better than they were last year and they did pretty well last year. So there's I don't see the Flyers coming out and. They might hang with them for a bit, but if this team starts to bury them, they're not gonna they're not gonna get caught up. I mean, I don't know. So, I, there's no reason. There's too much good I see in Carolina to think that we're gonna overcome that with the way that we've been playing it so far. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you. Um, I would I, on paper I would say the Flyers should be in it. It is a home game. I think it's an important game to. They need to. They need two points in this game. I know it's it's too early to say must-win games, but looking down this schedule, man, the next couple games, they need to get two points from Carolina, start the week off right. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thursday. They're at home against Montreal. Montreal always plays the Flyers good in Philly. Uh, they have a solid team. I mean, I would say that you know, right now they're kind of like the Flyers. They're floating around 500. Uh, if I had to pick, I would say the Flyers have the better team on paper again. You know, uh, so again, I'm looking ahead, but that's a game I believe the Flyers need to win because, you know, this weekend, guess what? They have a, they got another back-to-back, and guess what? They got another Saturday game. They go up to Toronto, 
uh, only to turn around on Sunday and play the Boston Bruins, who only have one regulation loss this year. Uh, so I think that they need to come out of Tuesday and Thursday's game with four points. Um, can it be, you know, is it going to be tough to do? Absolutely. That Carolina game is going to be a, a bitch. I mean, they're, they're tough to play against. I think if, if my mind serves me correctly, which it usually doesn't, I think we got swept by Carolina last year. Or did we win a game? I think you're right. And I think even when the Flyers looked like the better team on paper against Carolina, they still found ways to lose. So now that we're no – in my opinion, I don't think we're the better team. The Carolina's already got the better record. We know what their glaring weakness is, but the Flyers can't exploit weaknesses. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe they they play a good game. Maybe they get going and maybe they do steal a game here. Maybe they do win. But the four opponents you just named, the only team I think they beat is Montreal. Honestly, I think they probably go – you know, Toronto, it's their home. They'll have Tavares back for sure. That's I think they're looking back at – back-to-back's tough, man. Uh, yeah, and they just can't. This team can't afford anything tough. They can't handle normal. So I think it's imperative that they come out of these two home games with four points because I'm. If we're looking ahead to the weekend, I'm. It's man, they'll be lucky if they can get two out of that of those two. They'll be lucky if they can get two. I think you know? Boston's going to embarrass them, and it's not. It's not even a slight against the Flyers. It's just that. That top line, as Dan Silver brought up last week, is insane. Yeah, it's insane, and I don't think we can handle juggernaut teams. Once they pile on, they don't stop, and we we can't stop the bleeding. So I, I think they go one and three this week. Maybe they go one, two, and one. Man, that's that's rough, man. So I, a lot. What? It's what we talked about when they start playing real teams. This is what's going to happen. I mean, they, the thing is, it doesn't get any easier. That's the scary part. They, I mean, they turn around, and now I'm looking a little bit too far ahead. But you know, after this week. Guess what? They have the division leading Washington Capitals. Uh, <laughs> they get the Senators on a Friday night, which hey, here we go. <laughs> but then, guess what? They get another back to back and another fucking Saturday night game, and they got the New York Islanders. So Ooh. they get the gift with Ottawa. They turn around now. They're going to get spanked on a Saturday night again. Yeah, the schedule <laughs> hasn't been kind to them, but you know what? It's really not kind to anybody. Yeah. So I'm tired of that excuse. Yeah. So real quick, what did you say the Flyers' record is right now? This at this point in the season, six five and two. Six five and two. Yep. And that schedule takes us to the middle of November, what I just read to you. So you got Carolina, Montreal, Toronto, and Boston this week. <clears throat> Let's say they go 1-2-1, one, and one, like you said, right? So that'll take them to 7-7-3, seven, seven, and three, uh, heading into the week against Washington, Ottawa, and New York. So, like I said, we talked about this with Dan Silver, and I'm going to bring it up again because it's kind of concerning a little bit. They have six wins. They beat the Devils and Chicago twice. Neither team's very good right now. Mm-hmm. So that's four of their wins. Their other two came against Columbus, who lost everybody in the offseason and made one signing, so they're not very good. They have a brand-new starting goaltender. They lost their top superstar player. They still got some names on defense. They did add an inquest, but they really aren't. Everybody picks them to be last in the division this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you beat that team. You have to come back to do it, but – they scored five goals in the third period, so give credit where credit is due. But they're a bad team. Let's real quick. Where do you think Columbus is in the standings right now? Uh, I would say they're probably meddling around five hundred, maybe a point or two, or behind the Flyers. You nailed it. They are five, six, and three. 
They have one less point than the Flyers, and they played one more game. Their goal difference is really bad. Ours is only minus two. Theirs is minus 16. Wow. So when they lose, I guess they really lose. But the point is, you know, they're trending downward. They probably the, – there's a few teams that will probably pass them. The Rangers are only two points behind them, but they played three less games. And behind them are Chicago and New Jersey, which we both talked about them not being good at all. And the other team we beat was Vegas. Vegas has cup contentions this year. They started a guy who should be in the AHL, and he. you saw some of the goals. We beat up on that team. We, if we played them in a seven-game series, you think we're beating Vegas? No. Marc-Andre Fleury in that? No. So, yeah, uh, I don't want to make excuses, but I will because the, none of their wins have been impressive. The, skulls, the score sheet has, the comebacks have, but when you actually look at the strength of opponent, it's just not – it's really not that impressive. Yeah. Uh, only because I'm looking out for you. Be careful putting that on Twitter because guys will rip your head off for it. God forbid. <laughs> all, <Get> all, <laughs> I pointed that out a couple weeks ago, and it was we were only a couple games in. And guys, oh, you're so negative. You're this and that. All I'm doing is pointing out facts there. And that that's listen, all we're Jim, doing here is pointing out facts. Listen, Jimmy. <clears throat> the truth hurts. It doesn't hurt as bad as jumping on a bicycle with the seat missing, but it hurts. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Have you, you done that? <laughs> <laughs> Have I done that? <laughs> no, it, it was a GIF I put on Twitter. I thought it was funny. Uh, but no, I mean, a lot of people, they're just, they'll all, a lot of people just like argue for the sake of arguing. So I don't put stuff on Twitter be, simply because there's not enough characters in a response tweet, you know, without making it five tweets that I could explain my shit. Part of the reason why I like doing a podcast. You don't put that on Twitter unless you're getting ready to stir shit up. And let people talk, yell at you, and then yell at each other and not respond. But okay. I'm giving you facts. I'm, I've been wa- watching hockey since I was a little kid. I know the ins and outs of these teams we just discussed. Like I'm telling you, like, and ba- who's I, anybody can argue me on this? Please, please tell me how beating New Jersey, Chicago twice was impressive in any way, shape, or form. Outside of they got a W with them, we are at the cap. We're bringing up young guys. We have Drew. We have Voracek. How are you going to replace those points for Voracek? He's so good. He's this. He's that. We beat these shit teams, and we lost to good teams. And we got embarrassed at least twice and four times. I would say we got embarrassed in Edmonton. We got embarrassed in New uh, Long Island. And we got embarrassed in Pittsburgh. I mean, we should have gotten embarrassed in uh, Calgary as well. That's, Elliot single-handedly kept us in that game. We still lost. So, like, those are all those teams, you know what they had in common last year, except for Edmonton? They were playoff teams. Edmonton has Connor McDavid, and they might make the playoffs this year. They're, like, one of the top surprising teams right now. Yep. Those are playoff teams. Those are real teams, and they embarrass us. Yep. Especially Pittsburgh, who's a rival. Your rival should never, ever embarrass you. If they do, it should be rare. Rattle off goals like it's nothing. But I'm supposed to be optimistic about this team? Hey, there's no easy teams on this schedule the rest of the month, except you know for, what that means, except though? for Ottawa. Hey, Jimmy, you know what that really means, though? When you look at the schedule and you see all this, there's all these teams and there's no really easy, that means your team's not that good. <laughs> if I'm Boston and I see Philly, I'm like, that's that's an easy team. Yeah. I, that's the way I look at it. Like, how could you not? Looking at who they beat and how they play and how good the real teams are. It's true. I, I, I would I really want to see somebody challenge that. With our defense falling at win, how bad they've played, the premium chances they get. Well, their shots, they their shots are down. The shots that they give up. Have you seen the shots that they do give up? They're like mini breakaways. They're one timers that come from our own defense. 
Like it's insane. Let me let me ask you something here since you you brought up Sandheim. <laughs> I had a guy uh you know and I try to keep my Twitter uh I guess you can call it debates or arguments or whatever. I try to keep them civil. But uh he was pretty upset about something. I think I posted something about Sandheim. I think uh he ended up scoring in the last game and you know, in my eyes, made up for the goal that he gave up, right? He, he pretty much evened that out because his mistake led directly to a goal. Comes back, I think, in the third and ties the game up or something. So I put a tweet out and, you know, late at night, and the, and the kid's handle is ghost something. So obviously a ghost fan. Uh, he's upset. He goes, okay, so guys can get, get, can get behind Sanheim when he makes a mistake but when Ghost makes a mistake and comes back and scores, it doesn't mean shit. And I was kind of like, well, you know, yes, Sandheim's made mistakes in three straight games that have led pretty much directly to a goal. But it's only been a week's worth of mistakes as opposed to Gossespierre. You know, we're talking about over a year now where he's not performing up to expectations. You know, is it time? Is he right? Because it made me think a little bit. Should we be holding, and I think, you know, the majority of Flyers fans are holding Sanheim accountable because he's been getting trashed on Twitter, but are we holding Sanheim to the same standard that we're holding Shane Goss's bear? Uh, I don't think so, and a lot of that is Sanheim hasn't had the season that Ghost had when he scored 60-something points. Like, I know he had a good year last year, but how many points did Sanheim have last year? Hmm. I mean, he well, didn't really play the full. I think like 27. I mean, that's not even like close. And he just had a, a good chunk of gameplay. So you can't hold him to that standard when he's never reached that standard to begin with. And like you said, people are starting to shit on him. I'm one of them. I'm tired. It's, it's the way he's giving it up. It's the mistakes he are, he's making are so glaring. It's I am giving him shit. Other people are giving him shit. You, the comparison comes in with Ghost. Ghost came to this team and was like a breath of fresh air. It's like we have finally have a legitimate stud. No, people hope that Sam Hine turns into that, but we haven't really seen it. Not like with Ghost. Come on, 60 points. As bad as Ghost played, there's still people out there saying like, well, come on, he scored 60 points. Give him a chance. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like okay, this is like this two and a half seasons now where he's been pretty shitty. Like how long you got to hold on to that before you realize that he got, you know, the league maybe figured him out or he's in his own head or whatever. Real quick, so, Sam, Sanheim had 35 points last year, so my mistake. That's right. Well, I thought that was a little low, but even still, like, how many games do you play? Shit, now I got to go back and look, damn it. I put it down myself, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, like, <laughs> Ghost came in. Had, he pushed McDavid and Panarin for Rookie of the Year. 82 games last year for San Jose. Full, se- full season. He only had 30-something points. I mean, I shouldn't say only. He's a defenseman. Probably, and he didn't get a lot of playing time because of uh, yeah, Haxton. for a while. Yeah, but now he is getting the playing time, and he is being asked to, like, lead this team, and he's folding like a lawn chair. When Ghost was first asked to do that, he didn't fold like a lawn chair. He went from a great rookie season to a, a, a decent season, and then he scored 65 points, which everybody likes to remind us about. And then he even still, like two years ago, him and Provorov were a pretty good defensive pairing. This last year was shit, and uh, this year so far is pretty bad. 
and we're getting even in some of his seasons where he wasn't so good or he was okay, like with Provorov, his offensive input wasn't there. We've had a lot, lot bigger sample size of ghosts, and we've seen superstar potential. Like we've seen it. We don't. We're not, we're not talking about the potential. We're not talking about what we saw in juniors. We saw him do it up here and look like he a stud in the way he skates and controls the puck and does everything, runs the power play. Sandheim has shown us a lot less, and it's been in a lot less time. At this point, in, in where Sandheim is now, if you were to replace where Ghost was at the same amount of games played, he had done so much more. So, and and Sandheim is getting shit on. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad. Not yet, you know. Yeah. And I, if Sandheim had like a, say last year he came in and he just dominated and he was, the plays Ghost would make would be highlight real plays. Like he would take over in overtime and score all by himself and win the Flyers. Like Sandheim's never done anything like that. Yeah, I think if he's not careful, it, things would get bad really quick for Travis Sandheim. And I tried to stick up for him in this particular. Uh, argument or whatever because and my only argument was that you know he's outscoring Gosses Bear and I went back and looked and it's by a single assist by one single point <laughs> so um, yeah and I'm like if you give if you were to take away a point based on every time he fell down it led to a directly <laughs> goal I mean you could take like three points off the board yeah. and that's a lot for only played what 13 games 12 games like yeah. That you can't be made when you're the team is starting to re, try to rely on you when they're saying you had a good year last year it's time to step up and you play like this it's like we wanted you to take a step forward not two steps back and I know he scored the other night but he also gave up that goal too so he's what even at that point yeah I, I think he could be better I think it could still come Elaine Vigneault said something that I thought was kind of interesting after the game on uh, Saturday night and you know you you give me your two cents. Uh, no pun intended here, because after the game, he said he was talking about Sandheim and he said certain guys have extra money in the bank. Uh, and he was talking in terms of, you know, making mistakes, I think. Um, mm. So I think he said a guy like Travis Konechny is a good kid. He wants to learn. At least this is how I interpreted it. And, you know, he's taking direction. He's trying to play the game the right way. Uh, just it's just unfortunate that he's making mistakes. So he's got a little bit of extra leeway to make those mistakes before you know Vigneault starts talking. Well, he's got to step up. He's got to do this and calling him out, as opposed to guys like Gossis Bear and Voracek, who you know he's already calling out. You know what I mean? I guess they yeah, have but, less money in the bank per se. Well, and a lot of that has to do with that. It's their team. Like they're the. They're getting. They got the real money in the bank, so it's you can't be making mistakes when you're taking up that much of the team's cap. Like the team put this much of the percentage of their cap on a single player because they believe that player to not only be the guy who doesn't make mistakes, but to be a role model. Mm -hmm. Like, how could you? That was that was part of our issue with McDonald. Look, he was taking up five million dollars for six years, and he was absolute dog shit. That's why we all hated him. So. While Voracek and Ghost might not be, and it's more so for Voracek, might not be dog shit. When he's making eight and a quarter, you're like, all right, but he's got to play a lot better than he is. So he's, he earned his contract with the sense he had or the money he had in the bank. Now it's his team. Now it's time to step up. You don't have a good season, build up that cred, and then it, you can deal with it. You know, if, when you make mistakes, you can remember back when you were good, and it's kind of evens out. Now you cashed in. 
You know, like, this is your team. We're not bringing in any other guys because you got paid to do it and you're not doing it. You're, you're average at best. So I, I think I get where you're getting at, but Sanheim's not there yet. If he, if Sanheim were making a ton of money and doing this shit, we'd be roasting him like we were with McDonald. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I, I and, think what hurts Gossip's bear is that 65 point season. Uh, you know, at least for me, because I expect to see that. I expect to see 50 points a season, 55 well, points and, a season. And that's what it is. Like that analogy with Vigneault saying that, that's more towards like Jerome Vorchek. Ghost is kind of an anomaly because he's not making as much as you think. But we do put up with his, or we're supposed to, put up with his defensive deficiencies, which he's not improved upon, uh, for that offensive upside. And what is his stat line at this point? A goal and two assists, maybe a goal and three assists? Yeah, just about a goal and three assists, I think. Okay, he plays on the first power play. He's only supposed to give us offense. He's got four points in 13 games. That's where it comes from. If he was doing stuff on defense, you, you it's okay, he's, it's whatever, he's a defenseman. He's not. He's not doing anything on defense except for giving up the puck, having trouble getting out of his own end. So, yeah, guys, some guys do start slow, and I, I have seen Ghost in this past week start to pick it up. So, you know, maybe he'll keep that going, which would be great. We need that. But that's where the hate comes from. We're going to put up with you sh- being bad everywhere else for this one stat. And when that one stat's not even close to being there, you're like, well, what the fuck? Yep. I'm's too young for that. I mean, yeah, there's concerns because he played so well and it's time to step up. And his his mistakes are so glaring. It's like, dude, what the fuck? I but, think no. what it is is, you know, he, for me – so I'm not as like, I'm not as, I don't want to say everybody's panicking, but, you know, for me, I'm taking it as, okay, he made three mistakes that led directly to goals. That could be, you know, all three could be anomalies and I could just chalk it up to he had a bad week. Or, you know, let's let's see what happens. That, I mean, that's kind of my mindset. What What I think that I'm worried about is, you know, we spent a lot of time in the past saying, all right, the kids are up. You know they gotta. They're gonna have to take steps to grow. Blah blah blah. What I'm worried about is the time for them to grow is now. This is where they should be growing. And you know maybe it's not gonna be the um, steady incline. Maybe it's gonna be up and down, up and down. And by the end of the year, you know instead of uh, what we say, yeah, 35 points last year. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Can can Travis Sanheim improve on 35 points? Is he a 40-45 point guy? I mean, he should be. I mean, he should get there. But you make up a good point. You say he's growing and some of these plays that he's been making or not making have been painful. Well, that's where the term growing pains comes from, you know? I mean, that maybe that's all this is. Uh, everybody's different. It's not like a lot of guys don't burst onto the steam, especially on defense. Where I think Sam Hein has the offensive ability. I don't think he's ghost offensively. No. But we hope he can be better on D. So maybe it's, you know, it's also a new system. He's a young guy. I have my issues with him, don't get me wrong. Because it's not like his only mistakes have been the three that led to goals. He's made other mistakes. He just hasn't paid for it, you know. So he, of things to be worried about with this team early on, while I've noticed that, it's not something that I'm – worried about going forward i feel like that'll get figured out i feel like he'll 
get a better grasp of the system. If he just shows he can learn, he's got the ability to turn it around. He's a part of the future of this team, and I'm not even close to like shutting the book on that. Yeah, it's just something you got to. It's growing pains. It's something you have to deal with. Like we like what Farabee's doing now, but maybe next year he ha- he's not as good. He has mistakes. Hey, Blimblom, remember he was so snake bitten when we first he was first year. He could not score. Now look at him. He leads the team in goals. Yeah, you know, like young yeah. players like that. I have a lot more tolerance for than I do the Vorchecks and at this point the Ghost and you know the JVR. There are yeah, there are bright spots on this team, and you know if they can all start clicking, we and. and don't forget that they are missing a Scott Lawton, who I believe to be uh, a crucial piece to this roster. Uh, you know, you saw it against uh, a team like Pittsburgh. Like, I don't want to say they lost that game because of their uh, secondary lines, uh, because you know the, the nobody really did anything. But Pittsburgh's third and fourth lines dominated the Flyers' bottom lines. And, and our top lines didn't do anything against theirs. Like, they have guys on the roster that play roles. Uh, and I'm thinking of guys like, uh, first guys that come to mind are, uh, what's what's his name over there, Chris or Brandon Tanev? One of the Tanevs. Yeah, and, no, yeah, Tanev. Hold on, there was another guy, like Simone, Simon, some, Simone, something like that. Yeah, and McCann, he plays a, I think he plays a center role over there. I mean, they have, they have depth. They have some gritty guys that can play third and fourth line roles. And I think a guy like Scott Lawton is very important to uh, the Flyers, especially now when they're missing, uh, what the hell is his name, Nolan Patrick. Um, and before the season, we said that a strength of the Flyers that not a lot of teams, not a lot of teams can match is their center depth. Now you look at the Flyers and they, they got, they got uh, Claude Giroux playing center again. It's yeah. like, damn, already, man, we're a month into the season and a, a, a position of strength for them is already a position of weakness. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you, you just see when this early season, like a lot of the pros are people, are things you wouldn't expect. Like some of the best play I've seen has been, well, obviously the TK Limblom, uh, Coots line Lawton, as you discussed, Elliot for a bit there has been fantastic. Hayes has been what we paid for. Farabee since he's been called up has been good. But on the con side, you haven't even seen Patrick yet in that whole thing. I honestly think the G, JVR, Jake line, while they have had games where they've broken out as a whole, are not good at all. They're not. They're just not there. And that's why you say Vorchek, you know, he's second in points. It's like if we were a winning team, I could come around on that. Mm-hmm. We're not. Like, we're struggling to be 500. We're about to start playing the real teams. So let me know what it, what it looks like then. And if we're getting smoked – but he's getting that when we lose seven to three and he's got two points on those that three, what the hell does it really matter in the long run? Yep. That's why analytics aren't something to be married to. Um, you know, Ghost, Carter Hart, up until his game against the Devils had been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Roffle was good early on. I think he's, his play's been a little pulled back a little bit. Uh, guys like Bunnerman and Torinsky and uh, – Rubstov, the you know the, the jury's still out because they've been called up and sent down and back and forth and all that. Uh, Sandheim has been a con at this point. I'd have to say. Um, what do you think of Justin Braun at this point? Braun and Niskanen. What is your take on those two right now? Niskanen, I'm I'm happy with. He's even brought some offense with him. I think he's got three goals on the year. 
Um, he looks solid so far. Um, who I'm I'm not impressed with, and I mentioned something to Bill Meltzer, I think, on Twitter two weeks ago, um, and this was before Braun kind of imploded the past week or week and a half. I asked him what he thought about Justin Braun's play because, you know, we didn't expect to be impressed with him, but we didn't expect to see as much uh, maybe negative from him. And so I asked him, uh, let me see if I can bring up his quote here, but what he said what he was he's not worried. He's a guy that, you know, he's going to get it together. Uh, and hang on here, Jack. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't remember if I deleted yeah, you, it or not. You look for it. I'll tell you real quick what I think. Like for like you were saying about Niskin, and I agree. He was He's had has a couple of plays where he was, you know, he was struggling to get back on D, but I think he really has been one of the more solid forces on D at this point. And if any of his bad play came more in the preseason, maybe a couple of plays here and there in the regular season, but not only does he have the offense, not only does he know when to – dive to break up a two-on-one and making some smart decisions he has laid some hits i mean and he hit he leveled crosby he, he's leveling stars too who did he level from oh, he leveled um hughes. was it hughes yeah i can remember if it was hughes or hall yeah he leveled hughes and he leveled another like top player i can't remember who it was but it was definitely a name player he's throwing the body around we were told that he was not a gritty player. Well, he's laying some hits for not being a gritty player. He gives you some hits. He gives you some offense. He gives you some defense. He's not perfect, but he's definitely one of my favorite. Him and him and Proveroff have been the best two players in our defense to this point. And so I will take that. Um, Braun, on the other hand, I can think of more negative plays than I can think better, uh, bad, mm-hmm. or positive, excuse me. Sure. Like, he skated in Elliott. That led to a goal. He took, skated right into his pad. He leveled Taylor Hall from behind, which led to a goal, which was stupid. I don't know why he did that. He got beat first off. Uh, I, I don't know what he was thinking on that play. Um, I, I really haven't seen that. I mean, yeah, he could get it together. It's early. I have not seen that calming defensive force. I've seen a guy who might be a little too slow. You, they, they, The one move I see used on him all the time, I don't like when he gets near the boards. Because they do that little chip along the boards and they're by him, and it's he don't he's a bigger guy he's more of a pylonish guy and they, I don't know man I, I don't know, this is why I didn't want to give up the picks that we did. <laughs> I think he's a good third pairing defenseman. If he's on your third pairing, maybe your second pairing if the other guy's really good. You know, I think I I can't even say you got what you paid for because they paid too much, but. I don't think he's all that good to begin with. I think there's a reason why nobody ever heard of him. And sure, he could figure it out, I guess. But what's he's not giving you? He's giving you zero on offense. So what's he figuring out? How to play defense again? No, I agree, and I, I think he's going to get right faster there. all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, so what Meltzer said was he he expects him to kind of steady it out, and he's a guy you're not you're really not going to notice. All the things we already knew. He's a calming presence, blah blah blah. But early on. Like you said, there's been more negatives than positives, and we knew that there weren't going to be as many positives that were going to stick out. So if you're only seeing negatives, I think that's an issue. And and I brought that up to him early on because, you know, I noticed that. We noticed that, that we were seeing more negatives than what we were supposed to be seeing, which we weren't supposed to be hearing about him at all, you know? Yeah, and the guy who gives you zero on offense, he's like the reverse of Ghost. Right. 
put up for the nothing on offense for this great defensive defense. That that type of defenseman really doesn't exist anymore. If it were true, Moran would be a lot better than he is. Right. Like it's, it's just these guys, they, the way the league is with the, the rule. It's not all of them. It's the rules. It's the speed of the game. It's all of that. The defensive defenseman is really kind of a thing of the past. That's why you don't give up a second and a third for the guy. Like I just, he's just another guy. He's dead. You know what I mean? He's just, he just feels like another guy. He he won't be re-signed. I don't think he will be. We'll see. You know, if he is, it better be for cheap. And he's going to be on the third pairing. And he's just, you know, he's like a, a, another, a better version of just of uh, what the hell, Nick Schultz or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a Nicholas Grossman. Like, uh, I don't even know if he was as good as he was, to be honest with you. Like, he's just, for a guy who does zero on offense, to be talking about him on defense like this. He's a, yeah. He's at minus 10 right now. I mean, I don't put a whole lot of stock into my plus minus, but when it's that big, it's, it does, you do look at it. It does raise an eyebrow. He's by far, like nobody, I don't think anybody else is over uh, like a minus five or six. So yeah, he, I think he's been primarily paired with uh, Haig and, and Gossespierre. Uh I think. Uh, what I saw, the last lineup I saw had him paired with Ghost on the third line, and they moved up Myers and Sandheim to the second line, which I think we said in the offseason, we expected to see that at some point. I didn't expect to see it after the first month. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Uh what what is for certain is that he needs to play better, uh, and I think he needs a consistent defensive partner to play with. I want it to be Ghost because I think they they would pair up perfectly. I would like to see Ghost play his game offensively as much as I rag on him, blah blah blah. I think he needs to play his own game. I'm not sure he's a system type guy. Let him let him go out, and if he's going to make mistakes, have a guy like Braun sitting around just there to play defense, you know. Um, maybe that's what they're doing, and maybe it's not working out. I don't know. Why? Well, real quick I on the plus minus, nobody's nobody else is worse than a minus five, and that's Pitlick. Right, and I kind of forgot about Pitlick, but uh, it's like I agree with you, and I feel like they tried that, and we're seeing these issues. So, like, do I want to put because Ghost is going to pinch at the wrong times because when he pinches at the right time, we get that offense. So you have to put up with that. So you want Braun to be back there because he's defensive, this defensive wizard everybody was talking about, and he's looking like an ass. So it's like it doesn't really work unless he pulls it together. And it's like, oh, he's going to figure it out. He's going to steady out. What does that mean? It's not like, is he going to find his legs? Because he's not exactly a fast guy. Is his positioning off? Like how does the defenseman's positioning off? Like he, does he not know his own role? I, I don't understand what he's going to turn around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what he's going to suddenly add to his game to make him this defensive quote-unquote stud that he was. That's being dramatic, but you get my point. You know, I, I just it just seems like it's I don't know, it's not working out. <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I yeah, Ghost ideally is the guy you want to put him with, but if neither one of them are pulling their ends, it's a terrible defensive pairing. Ghost isn't putting up the offensive numbers, and Braun isn't this defensive stalwart. So you have a major problem with that that uh, defensive pairing. Yep, for sure. I mean, you know, we just covered a lot of stuff, man. Holy shit. Uh, I'm just, I'm expecting Braun to kind of, 
you know, without copying Bill Meltzer here, I expect him to steady out. I expect him to be, you know, his own guy. Um, if not, then man, you know, I might have to switch sides and start agreeing with you on that trade, dude. Because, you know, even if he is here for veteran help, you know, it still matters what you do on the ice. And, and I've talked to people about Braun and, you know, they're quick to say, well, he's brought in to, you know, bring the other guys along. And I get that. I get that. I think that's great. But it also matters how you're performing out on the ice. And right now, he's not living up to the standard that at least, you know, we were told that he can he can play to. So I think that is a problem. Uh, I might have to change sides with you uh, eventually if this keeps up. Um, what I do want to bring up is that we're just a little bit over an hour here, Jack. Pretty quick. We're about an hour and 12 minutes. Um we have, uh, I don't know, you want to wrap up? Did we miss anything? You gave your prediction for the week already? Yeah, and uh, the only other thing I wanted to add is, and tell me if you agree with me, if you break down the performances of these players, um, I, I could be wrong, but basically I got like a pros list, a cons list, and a couple of guys in the middle. And there's only a few guys in the middle, but the pros and cons, they even out. It's like eight and eight. Like eight guys I think have been really good, like the Limbloms, the TKs, excuse me the lawtons and the cons like we haven't it's not his fault but we haven't seen patrick yet some of the leaders on this team hart's been off to a rough start ghost Braun, hag you know it evens out when you got 50 50 good 50 bad that makes you what a mediocre team look at the team's record six five and two that kind of you see what you get it makes sense the team's only about half good and the record shows it and the only thing that makes me nervous is they're going to start playing real teams coming up. We're going to have to see if the leader starts showing up and Hart can get out of his funk. And hopefully Braun straightens out and hopefully these acquisitions we made straighten out. And, you know, we can finally – the coach, they learn the system, the coach gets into their head. And that's the only way this team comes out on top against some of the, these these teams they're going to start playing. They have to play out of their mind. <clears throat> so <laughs> we're going to leave you guys – with that note, you know, the Flyers have a tough road coming up. Tomorrow night, we, we mentioned against Carolina, and then again Thursday night uh, at home against Montreal. Uh, they'll play two times over the weekend before we talk again. And when we are back, we'll be back next Monday. Uh, we'll have Bill Matz of Broad Street Hockey on as our guest, so we're excited for that. Um, let me see. What did we miss here? Anything, Jack? You want to just hand out your Twitter handle here? Jack underscore HW radio. Please talk some flyers. It's getting fun. I've been more active on there, especially during the games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when they're winning, we're all having a great time. When they're losing, we all seem to be agreeing with the, the trash <laughs> play we've been seeing. I just hope it's more of a, more of the latter because yeah. uh, I'm nervous. I was just as nervous this week as I was last week. And I had a little more confidence. Well, no, that's not true because they look so bad in Long Island. But um, hopefully they can change our minds. And I think I don't think they'll beat Carolina, but if they did, it wouldn't be that shocking. Um, they got to play their game, though. They got, they got to just hustle, just show the effort. When they do that and the goaltending backs them up, they're a good team. It's just one thing or the other falters, and they get, they get scored on, and it's like the air gets let out of the balloon. So if they can just manage that if they can grow up like you realize they're going to get scored on they can come back and they don't have to let the wheels fall off they can be a good team 
And that's where the captain and the maturity and the, you know, the top guys of this team need to step up and be like, everybody take a breath. We we're still in this game. Let's not let it get out of control. Let's have each other's back. Let's, let's do this right. And, you know, I haven't seen that yet. It may be against Columbus. Let's see them do it against real teams. There's no reason they can't. They have the talent. So that's what I'm hoping to see. If they do that, they'll have a good week. If they don't, we might see them start digging themselves a hole. Yeah, things can go bad pretty quick here this month, guys. Tough road ahead for the Flyers. No easy games on the schedule. Uh, Hopefully we're back. We're talking about some wins next Monday. Uh, In the meantime... Jack gave his handle out. You can find me at, at AngryJimHW. Make sure you follow the podcast account on Twitter at HW underscore radio underscore. Give us a follow on Instagram at HW underscore radio. And Facebook, you could search High and Wide Radio. We're on there. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, do yourself a favor and uh, subscribe. Uh, you'll, you'll get uh, any content we upload as soon as it comes out, and you won't have to go looking around for it on on any of the social media apps. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you're feeling frisky, go ahead and give us uh, uh, a rating. Make sure it's good. Uh, and, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. For Jack, I'm Angry Jim, and we'll talk soon, guys.